This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is going on, all of our Liberty-loving friends? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm one of the hosts here, Charles Chuck Thompson. With me, as always, is Mr. Nathaniel, the Paul Thurston. That's it? Yeah. Nate, happy theft day. It is theft day. I was telling Stephanie this morning, I was like, you know what I most look forward to in my life? It's... This is what I everyone. This is a common and, thing everyone looks for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This, that's why I'm saying this. It's relatable. Mm-hmm. People like relatable things. I long for, and I'm most proud. And on this day, I sing, "I'm proud to be an American," where at least <laughs> I know I'm not free. Mm. That's what because I love paying my duty, and today it's duty day. It is duty day. Did, did you, you did you pay them yet? No. Okay. No, not yet. Are you going to pay it today? I, I'll talk to my accountant. <laughs> Be like, I feel bad hey, for you. Did you send that uh, electronic request over? Wait until 4.59. So we've got plenty of talk about taxes here in a minute. Some questions that we need to ask. Some discussions that we need to have about taxation That's in what duty, general. Duty day is tax day. Duty day. And I told her, I'm, I said, if I can think of the most proud moment of my life, it happens once a year and it's tax day. So proud and, I, and so free. And I said, how wonderful is it that I can contribute to society? How much uh, stimulus, and, if I how don't, much stimulus money did you get? Because if I don't, they'll put me in a cage. It's just <laughs> wonderful. I love wonderful. it. That's what freedom is. Freedom is... I got no stimmy money. I, I had to generate my own. Yeah. <laughs> but you do have to pay a, an exorbitant amount of money. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. As as you should, sir. You more know, than you make more, should. so you got to pay way more. That's just how that's yeah. just freedom, that's fairness. That's You exactly. should have to pay a different tax rate than me because we have different incomes. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's exactly how it works. Although I did find out that when you don't take taxes out of your paycheck all year and then and then you go to pay taxes at the end of the year like as a business or a sole proprietor, you got to pay all the stuff still. Yeah. They still want you to pay everything. They want you to do it. They want, mm. they want you to pay for Medicare and, and they'll give Social you an, Security they'll, and all and that. And if you didn't pay quarterly, they'll give you an underpayment penalty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is hilarious. Luckily, I'm not actually myself. I'm not a sole proprietor. Proprietor, Technically, I'm just a private individual who receives 1099. So you actually don't have to pay quarterly as, as that. Really? As that person. Yeah. I don't pay quarterly. My fine is like $200. Mm. Well, that's fine. That's so nothing. Why would I give them that money when I can just literally put it in an index fund and make way more than $200 over the year? Charlie, tell us the first story and then we'll get on the taxes. I thought this was interesting news over the weekend. Oh, there's something still going on. Yeah, it's still happening, I in case think. you guys didn't know, Nashville clearly didn't know this weekend. Neither did um, several places I've been to. Yeah. No longer exists. <laughs> but in case you guys didn't know, this coming from Newsweek, Texas reports zero COVID deaths two months 
after Biden called its reopening plan a Neanderthal thinking. <laughs> Texas Governor Greg Abbott caught heat from Democratic lawmakers when he announced on March 2 this year he would fully reopen the state by the next week. Mississippi lawmakers declared a similar reopening plan about the same time. The idea was to get more people acclimated back to normal life, including businesses at full capacity and sports arenas full of fans again. For Texas, the governor wanted businesses back at 100% and place, um, places filled up again, from school halls to dance halls. A lot of dance halls out people there still, need filled up. Well, I guess in Texas, do the two-step. Maybe they'll do their line do dancing the out there. Do the boogie. <laughs> Yeah, sweetheart. I can't believe that song ever got super famous. I don't even know what you're talking about. You never heard that song? I don't know that song. I I heard that part. Yeah, I still don't know it. That's how he sounds, too, by the way. (laughs) President Joe. It's a great song. Just kidding. It's a great song. Not making fun of anybody. President Joe Biden called such reopening plans as Neanderthals thinking. This old deplorable thinking, man. Such a terrible idea. Caveman thinking. I hope everybody has realized by now these masks make a difference. I don't know why I'm wearing them, but they make a difference. <laughs> we are on the cusp of being able to fundamentally change the nature of this disease because of the way we are able to get vaccines in people's arms. Biden said at the White House on March 3. The last thing we need is Neanderthal thinking that in the meantime, everything's fine. Take off your mask. Forget it. It still matters. It's critical, 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 critical. And they follow the science. <laughs> now, remember everything that was Criti- happening. Critical, critical, what critical, were critical, saying. critical. I mean, literally. It's like a, a, a CD skipping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they probably don't. These, Someone these old, tapped the side of Biden's head. These old Gen Zers don't know what that means. <laughs> but, um, remember, it was Greg Abbott was killing everyone. It, he was a murderer. Everyone was going to die. It was obvious. That Texas, that was going to be the leading cause of death, was what, what uh, mm-hmm. Greg Abbott did here. But uh, unfortunately for people on the left, because, listen, I'll go ahead and say that. I, this is unfortunately for people on the left. What they showed was they got rid of their mask mandates and they started opening things up and nothing happened. Actually, yeah, numbers have continued going down mm-hmm. since then. Yeah, Weird. It's not just because the CD, CDC released new guidance on Thursday or Wednesday either. Yeah. That's, that's not why. It's more than likely due to something called herd immunity. Most people have already had it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We just don't know it yet. Yeah. That's another one, Joe. Get down, turn around, go to town, boot skating boogie. <laughs> the last thing we need, uh, I already read that. Texas blazed its own path and reopened for business. And the Texas Rangers had a ballpark full of cheering fans for its home opener last month. I bet baseball was happy about that. On Sunday, just a couple of hours after a major PGA event in Dallas and the NCAA FCS College Football National Championship in Frisco, Abbott reported that the state had no COVID-related deaths the previous 24 hours and that the seven-day positivity rate was the lowest it's been since records have been taken, which was March 2020. Biden expressed disappointment in those states that had plans to fully reopen, saying the goal was for every American adult to receive vaccinations before starting big gatherings with a target date of July 4 for families to get together and celebrate. <laughs> for freedom. I love, I, yeah, I love it when they have a target date of July 4th for allowing everyone to get together and mm. celebrate mm. the 4th of July. Quote, we've been able to move that all the way up to the end of May to have enough for every American to get every adult American to get a shot, Biden said in March. Biden was 0 for 2 
against Texas when the Rangers baseball organization said it planned to open at full capacity following Abbott's executive order. The president called that decision a mistake. Rangers general manager John Daniels shrugged off that comment and said he still hoped for a full venue on opening day, which he got. (laughs) Which is crazy that people can decide for themselves whether or not they want to be at risk. That's a crazy idea. That's a really crazy idea. Absolutely nuts. Now, you know who I don't think should go to those baseball games or any large gatherings are people or who are old. Old people who have the morbidities of Corbin. You should not leave your nursing home and go to a baseball game in Texas. Mm. We are officially coming out against that. Yeah. I think that that's a pretty safe thing to say. Yeah. Mm. Don't do that. That's right. So what what Abbott said, zero COVID-related deaths. Remember, this is just one day, okay? And it was Sunday. All right. So they didn't report any deaths on Sunday. Their numbers could be behind or something like that. You see the weekend numbers are weird sometimes. Fewest COVID cases in 13 months, the lowest seven-day COVID positivity rate ever, and the lowest COVID hospitalizations in 11 months. That's that's pretty cool. All the while murdering everyone by allowing people to take masks off. Mm-hmm. That's, a, that's very impressive. That's right. So good job, Texas, for doing that. You're coming up with a lot of other stupid things recently, but... Uh, Good job allowing people to take their own risks in life, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. but but bad job not allowing them to decide whether or not plant-based meat should be called meat. That's that's a bad thing. Yeah, <laughs> I saw they're also going to be upping their penalties uh, on on a auto, autonomous driving accidents. Also, I don't know if they meant on the companies or on the people that were using the autonomous driving at the time. People are freaking out about Tesla's when they have wrecks. You talked to me about this before. It's, Texas is one of them freaking out about it right now. I don't understand. I, like, cars have wrecks. All the time. It's a thing. Like, but it's national news that Tesla had a wreck. That's You should go ahead and realize what that means, that there's so few of them that there's that it makes news <laughs> when it happens. If you if you look at the data, it's, it, it's way safer than humans driving. Yeah. Somebody hit my truck the other day. Was it autonomous or a human was driving it? A human. Okay. All right. It wasn't, didn't make national news that I know of. Yeah. Because that happens all the time. Mm -hmm. Okay. But it sure devalued my truck even more than what it was already devaluing itself. Charlie, I have a question for you. Answer this as as good or gooder as you can. Mm -hmm. Is taxation theft? Yes. Okay. All right. Let's move on to the next subject. (laughs) No, it is tax day. You're going to have to pay the government a lot of money today. I paid the government a lot of money last week, and I've been wondering what the heck we get from it or where the heck this money is even going. I I don't really even know, but it's a disgusting day to me. The amount you paid was spent 10 years ago. I know. That is the, (laughs) that's a really, and the amount that you're going to pay was spent 10 years ago. Probably. As well. What could you have done with the money instead? Nine years ago. (laughs) What what could you have done with the money instead? Oh, all kinds of things. I could have, I could have hired somebody else, maybe two people um, could have, uh, there's all kinds of things. I was talking to Stephanie about this because as I mentioned before, you know, we're trying to be conscious of like our plans for the wedding and the house and all this stuff that we're doing. And it's like, you know, we're going over the budget and we're, you know, we have a, we have a certain amount of, emergency fund savings. We don't want to tap into that and or anything else trying to do all the stuff that we're doing. Which it, emergency fund savings, that's something that only white people have. So yeah. this is a very white conversation, you know? Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I, I didn't yeah. mean to exclude anyone. I just, <laughs> it's subconsciously coming out of me. Yeah. Um, 
but no, we have certain things for certain things. And we, we're, we're like, man, it feels like it, not that it's, it's not that it's paycheck to paycheck, but it's like, we had more money than this is what it always feels like. I think most people feel that way. Like, Oh, we had more money. It's like, Oh, well, it's all going over here. Yeah. That's, that's <clears throat> where it's going. Like the number you see in the accounts, it's not there. It just doesn't exist. It's Fugazi, Fuguzi. It pisses off in the wind. It's, it's fairy dust. Fairy it dust. hasn't landed. It's not real. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do his little whistle. <laughs> yeah, we um, you know, we had to pay a bunch of money and luckily the wife has a real job, so that's always good. We get to have the health care and things like that, but the amount of money she still paid was a disgusting amount too. Yeah, I mean, we but, were talking about furniture, we were talking about um uh school, whether or not we're going to send Parker to private school next year. Um, th- there were all kinds of things that were like, if we had the money, this would be no problem. Um, even like even guests for the wedding, like it, to, to not invite or, you know, some people or whatever. It's, because you have to get married in Italy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, <laughs> so it's like, wait, just different things like that, where you're like, if money wasn't a problem, this is what we would do. But, then it's always a problem. And part of that problem is we have to give it to the government. And the answer, the, the answer is for what? I have no idea. And the thing is the question that you're asking when you pay this money, we we've talked about this a lot. I think it would be a very important step for people to have to write a check to the government at the end of the year or at the end of the fiscal year, instead of having it slowly taken out of their paycheck. You know, like my wife, she paid it slowly out of her paycheck all year. It was a lot of money, but it gets taken out a little bit at a time. And then for people who have businesses or people who are self-employed, you end up having to shell out tens of thousands of dollars on one day during the year, and you really start asking yourself that question. And so I really wish that that is a way, uh, that is a direction that we would go. Now, what would actually happen is people would just end up not paying in the money. They'd be chasing a lot more people around for little bits of money all the time. So it's way better for them to have a system on their side to be taking it out of your paychecks every day. Well, and it's be, not only would they be chasing people around, but so many people wouldn't pay it that they don't have enough jails. <laughs> yeah, like they don't have they, they don't have enough people. That, that's why they had to devise that plan. Because if they expected everyone to pay it, then it would never work. This, so that's why they're able to siphon it off of your paycheck because it's easier to control companies because there's a lot fewer companies than there are people. So if you make it mandatory for a company to withhold your earnings and then they pay the taxes for you to the government when they send all their big, big ass checks to the government, then that's that's the way they do it because if not, they wouldn't the money for most people and that would just that little thing right there i feel like would solve a lot of problems because one people would have to ask the question where's this money going two like you said they'd have to chase down so many people that they wouldn't have enough spots in jail for people who weren't paying their taxes and then you could have a real revolution at that time Mm -hmm. because people wouldn't want to be going to jail for not paying their taxes so maybe we don't even have to change the income tax maybe we just have to change the you just change the way that they take it yes that's what you actually need to change that's the first step on this on this map of roads. This is unfortunately one of the spots where I believe Milton Friedman was wrong because he supported the idea of taking it directly out of paychecks because it would make it more efficient. It would be 
easier. You know, he wasn't an anarchist or anything. He thought we needed the government and that there should be taxes, things like that. Um, he did support taking it directly out of paychecks. He he had some support for universal basic income or negative income taxes, as they called it, all in efforts to streamline what the government does to make it more efficient. And the argument against doing things like that is you don't want to make theft more efficient. You, right. you, don't, you don't want to do that. Right. I understand that those things make things more efficient. It absolutely does make it mm-hmm. more efficient for the government to take people's taxes. Uh, negative income tax would streamline the welfare system. Do you want to streamline people getting money for not working for it? Do you really want to make that easier? It's like adding fentanyl to heroin. <laughs> streamline. You Do can you use less of it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really want to streamline people getting high and they're into to their death, or you want them to keep buying from you? And what Magoo said, Freeman, what Freeman ain't no Murray Murray Rothbard, but he was way better than most. And that when I say this about Freeman, just realize Milton Freeman's one of my favorite people of all time. But I think that even he didn't foresee some of the problems that would come from streamlining the government's theft process. And the other thing I was going to say is... That's how I want my mafia to run. Yeah. Efficient. <laughs> Very efficient mafia. Um, we say taxation is theft, and the other thing I wanted to talk about was I think a lot of libertarians are realizing that that is not the best argument if you're talking to someone who is on the left or someone who supports having a government. Is it true? Yeah, it is. But I wanted to reiterate that that's not ever going to be a winning argument. We talked about this when we did our little speech at Young Americans for Liberty, And I think we know this, that taxation is theft is not a winning argument. This is not anything that's ever going to win with people. What we have to do is talk about uh, the the even further base ideas, the the individual liberty, the personal property, the fact that you own your money. And eventually people will come to the idea that taxation is theft. Like I didn't come to this idea because someone posted taxation is theft a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't hear Ron Paul say taxation is theft. A bunch of times. What what happened was I adopted the ideas and I realized that all these things were true. And then I came to realize that taxation was theft. But I didn't convert into libertarianism because someone said that a bunch of times. So I think it's important to get the truth out there, but also realize we're not changing hearts and minds when we say things like that. You know, just I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's a I think it's both. I think t- taxation is theft does, definitely gets the conversation going. I think it's a lot of people dismiss it right away because mm-hmm. they're like, well, it's just part of life. What about roads? Yeah. What about, <laughs> what about roads, police and fire? Yeah. What are we going to do without like, well, you wanted to fund them anyway. You know, I started saying back to that is okay. I concede. We will pay the amount of taxes that it takes to run the roads and the police and the fire. Yeah. That is the amount that we'll pay. Okay, fine. How much money is that? Yeah. It's like $150 billion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. Let's yeah. lower taxes to the amount that it would take to run those things. And we spend that in about two weeks. Yeah. <laughs> or less. That is a, that's a good answer for people, by the way. If you ever, you encounter, which you will, is the maroads and the police, which I also, <laughs> people don't like, and the firefighters. Okay, well, let's make sure the government's budget is enough to pay for that. What tax rate would we have to have for those things? I don't know, like 0.3%, something like that. Okay, sure. Let's make sure we have those things. 0.3%. I'm fine. I like this. Amanda said my pronouns are taxation is <laughs> and theft. <laughs> okay. Put that in your Twitter bio. So, so let's talk about where some of this money's going and how it's not helping the economy. Because remember, when we're having these conversations, it's not just because we hate the government or we hate taxation 
or we think that the government's a bunch of bunch of thievers out there stealing from us and we don't like them and we don't well, like we, the, we the do hate taxation. We think all those things, yes, but yep. that's not the real reason why. And it's because this is not the way to make things better. This is not the actual way to create the best life for the most amount of people. And so that's why we feel the way that we feel about these things. One example is what's been going on with the American Rescue Plan and how it's actually been making things worse. Good article here from Reason.com. Biden's $1.9 trillion rescue plan isn't saving the economy. It's holding it back. President Joe Biden's case for the American Rescue Plan, or we'll call it ARP, was simple. Americans needed economic relief, and they needed it fast. Government spending in the form of $1.9 trillion worth of deficit finance programs and checks was necessary to kick the economy in the high gear. Big, bold action would change the course of the pandemic and begin economic recovery. The real risk wasn't in doing too much. It was in doing too little. That's what the risk was. Okay, that's why I came up with a bunch more spending on top of that. As it turns out, however, there were risks in going big. Risks that were both predictable and predicted. They were actually predicted. We talked about it several times. And now, even as the pandemic shrinks from view, those risks are turning into very, very real threats to the recovery. Instead of kickstarting the economy as promised, Biden's rescue plan is holding it back. The most obvious way in which the ARP is holding back the recovery is through boosted federal unemployment benefits. We keep talking about this, but this is a really big deal. Okay, and a lot of a lot of states are deciding that they're going to exit this program and they should be exiting the program. And we have to keep talking about this until all the states exit the program because it's one of the worst things that they did in the American Rescue Plan was deciding that to save the economy, we would pay people to not go to work. It's one of the stupidest ideas yeah. that you could actually have. Okay. It's better to pay the businesses to keep payroll going. <laughs> yeah. It, because then, then they can require them to come back to work, which is what the Scandinavian countries mm-hmm, did, mm-hmm. by the way. They, that's We call that a corporate bailout here in the United States, but that is what the yeah. Scandinavian countries did. That's one thing I disagree with libertarians more than anything else is corporate bailouts. Me too. Ugh. Yeah. I, I, a, a lot of people like to harp on that, and I, I, can't, I can't get behind it. No. I just can't. Sorry, I can't I? I'm against like government writing blank checks to companies. I'm against that, but it's not a bailout to have I'm, your taxes reduced. That's a, I'm against them getting more money than they paid in taxes. So if if uh, if Amazon was supposed to pay pay a billion dollars in taxes, and they got a tax reduction where they only had to pay a hundred dollars in taxes, then what most people would call that is a nine hundred and $99 million bailout. And that is not what I call that. What that is, is making it a little bit more a little bit more fair for them. Now, is it unfair when you take them versus other corporations? Of course it is, because the other corporations actually have to pay taxes. But I don't care about the fact that Amazon got that. I care about the fact that the government took the money from people in the first place. That's where my anger actually is. So I wouldn't want to argue about corporate bailouts and get them to stop giving people their tax money back or get them to stop not charging people taxes because they're trying to give them incentives. What that's like, that's the answer that you come out of with the corporate bailout thing. Oh, to fix, let's say we're going to address something that libertarians are mad about. We're going to address corporate bailouts. So now instead of Amazon was supposed to pay 22% and they paid zero, we're just going to make sure Amazon pays 22%. There we go. We fixed the corporate bailout problem. While also saying taxation is theft. While also arguing that yeah. taxes are theft. I can't, Completely like, antithetical argument. There's your win, was that you made a corporation pay taxes? Yeah. 
when you no. don't believe in taxes? No, that's not a good that's not a good answer. That what yeah. you have to be is mad at the government for taking the money from the other people. Okay, that's where the argument has to be because making the argument that you got to force corporations to pay their taxes is completely antithetical to the whole idea that taxation is theft. Right. And it just don't make no sense, man. Well, and I get the angry. You see, libertarians have emotional responses, too. And everyone's angry about, you know, 2008 is the most recent memory of the bank bailouts and things like that. So these banks getting bailed out. Which they because, paid back and the government made money off of. Yeah. But but at the same time, it's still like uh, no one else got bailed out and had the chance to pay it back. Right. <clears throat> they just lost their home. They lost their mm-hmm. homes. Mm-hmm. Um, they lost their jobs. They lost all kinds of things. And committed suicide and all kinds of stuff, which is terrible. So they didn't have that, let's say backstop or daddy government to bail them out. Right. So that is infuriating. Um, and because the it's, but it's because of the policies that the government instituted to begin with that allowed the banks to bank recklessly enough to where, when this happened, they were going to go under and the, and the, and you know, the fed and the government didn't want that to happen because then America looks like a failure. So they're like, well, we got to bail these people out. And I get that that's unfair and frustrating. I, I understand that completely. And I don't think, I think businesses should fail if they don't do the proper things. But if you're going to argue that getting a, a tax credit or being able to pay $0 in taxes, cause you took losses for the first 17 years of building your business to, to, to become profitable while you lost money. Like that's a huge win. Mm-hmm. It's a massive win. You know who helped, you know who that helps out more than anyone else? Small businesses. When you don't have to pay taxes because you take a loss, you can take that money and use it in other places to help grow the business. And that's what, that's what creates thriving business, which creates jobs, by the way, which gets people out of the bed in the morning and, and prevents suicides. And well, you're against death. And I'm against death. <clears throat> yeah. Especially that's, suicides. That's what I can hear. So the most obvious way in which the ARP is holding back recovery is through the unemployment benefits. The recovery legislation extended a $300 per week bonus payment through September. Because that $300 bonus comes on top of state-based unemployment insurance, which varies by state, but on average runs a little over $300, a typical beneficiary now gets the equivalent of more than $15 an hour to stay home which is more than many would earn at work. For many, do you think they came to that number by accident? That you would make $15 roughly or a little less to stay home when they're trying to push businesses to pay people $15 an hour? You think that they, do you think it was an accident that it came out to people making $14.50 an hour to stay home? Mm-hmm. No, all, all these numbers were, no, all these ac- numbers were. <laughs> accident. <clears throat> no, it was definitely an accident. Yeah, yeah. That's, what, that's what it was. Just what it came out to be. For many, then, the straightforward economic incentive is to avoid work and collect checks instead. It's not that there aren't enough jobs. On the contrary, right now, there are more job openings than there were prior to the pandemic in 2020. More job openings than there were before the pandemic happened. Indeed, according to a report this week from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, there were 8.1 million job openings at the end of March, the highest number ever recorded. America is awash in the demand of labor. What it lacks are willing workers. Biden's recovery plan paid people not to work, so it's hardly surprising that they are not working. And hang on, not just Biden though. Trump administration did mm-hmm. the same thing. They did. This okay. this plan was in place before yes. before the American Rescue Plan. Yes, absolutely and it was. It was Trump's idea, <clears throat> by the way, to write an executive order to continue payments. By the way, so this is coming from both sides. This is where it's both Republican and Democrats. Which, by the way, Trump's a liberal from New York. 
case you guys <laughs> forgot. That's right. He's a liberal from New York. But anyway, it was both, both sides. And they all passed the bills, both parties, because if not, you would have been ostracized mm-hmm. in Congress. So it's not just Biden, although Biden's still terrible. So, so <laughs> just to get that out there. I just wanted to make sure. Know we think Biden's still terrible. I just want to make sure. So it is hardly surprising that they are now not working. And depending on how long this persists, some of those jobs may simply not come back, leaving employers, consumers, and workers worse off. Because you think about, this is why this is so important, and this is what they're getting to in the article. When when businesses need people to come work, but you can't get people to come work, what what is a business? What is it normally when someone is working for a business? What's an employee doing? They're doing something productive. They're trading in hours of their life, and they're getting paid a certain amount for it, and they're supposed to be creating more value than what they're getting paid. If that wasn't the case, then you wouldn't have employees, because it would be pointless The more employees you hire, the more money you would lose. So you want an employee to be creating more value than what you're actually paying them. And what that is, is the economy, the whole economy creating value as people are taking these jobs because each job has to create value or it won't exist. And so when you have a lot of jobs that are open, but people aren't taking them, you have a lot of value that needs to be created right now that could be created if people would take the jobs that's not being created. Because they're getting paid to stay home, by the way, out of money taken from the people who are working, taken from their paychecks, and paying them to not work. Mm -hmm. So a lot of bad things going. Jason Furman, who chaired the President Barack Obama's Council, who chaired President Barack Obama's Council of Economic Advisors, cautioned this week that the unemployment bonus was likely slowing job growth. No. You don't say, Jason. Quote, if I were in a state with a 3.5% unemployment rate, he told Bloomberg, I'd be thinking seriously about whether paying people more to not work than to work was a good thing to continue doing. And he criticized the total size of the ARP this week as unnecessarily large. Oh, government spending, it's unnecessarily large. Mm. Quote, it's definitely too big for the moment. He said, I don't know any economist that was recommending something the size of what was done. Of course not. The government always spends more money than it needs to spend. It will always do that. I didn't think it went far enough. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's the thing. If you're gonna give, if you're gonna give the money, just might as well give all of it. There, <laughs> might as well print everything impossible. There may be further consequences yet. Inflation is ticking up. I don't know if you guys have seen the stock market at all, but the market does not like it that inflation is ticking up. I think that we could have hit a top on things like the S and P and the Nasdaq and the Dow. I'll let you know. If it doesn't make another top, then we'll know <laughs> that, yeah. it, that we put in the top. But it definitely looks like it, it could be coming down for a little correction right now. Uh, so inflation is ticking up with consumer prices growing at a faster rate than they have in a decade, which is something that we also always talk about when the government floods money into the economy and people have more buying power and the price of everything is going up for all types of reasons. Something as simple as gas prices going up, by the way, because Everything that you look around and look at was brought to you by something that was using gas at, at some time or, or diesel. Yeah. You know, so whatever. a derivative Still, of oil. Oil prices are going to matter. And, and look, we've been talking about this for a year. And I think what happens to most people is we've been talking about it for a year and everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Where is it? I don't see it. Not happening. It's not happening right now. Oh, but now it's starting to trickle in. That's that's the trickle down economics right there. <laughs> it is starting to trickle in. This inflation is starting to trickle in. You're going to see higher and higher prices, and if and if we we're not able to do something about it, it could get real bad. Could get real bad, mm-hmm. ma'am. Could bad. be as bad as your as your 
wife, Mitchell. Biden has already proposed an additional $4 trillion in federal spending, above and beyond the $1.9 trillion in the rescue plan. Like the rescue plan, the two packages are larded up with pre-existing Democrat pol- Democratic priorities that have little to do with the pandemic or the recovery. But they would fund handouts to a number of Democratic constituents, particularly labor unions. Okay. Now, what you know, an important thing that we've mentioned a bunch of times, one, we know that I'm not really talking about the labor union thing. We know that unions push people on the Democratic side more often and they want to get more money for their people because they rake in more money the more money their people are being paid, of Mm -hmm. course. So they need more people in unions. But this whole inflation thing, you can use this when it comes to the universal basic income. You can use this when it comes to higher minimum wages or higher wages for everyone. It drives prices up. We're literally seeing that a 4.2 increase in consumer prices. Okay, that is not what... Amazingly, that's not what the government was thinking they were going to see. But this is very different from what we've done in the past. We've taken, I remember, I remember back when Bush. What were they expecting? 2.2? Yeah, two something for the increase in price. So just double. Almost double. Just double what they thought they were going to get. Almost 100% higher. No big deal. Inflation was almost 100% higher. Not a big deal. Who cares? I remember when Bush was president, I remember my mom getting a check for like $500 because Bush sent out some stimmy checks. Mm. Okay. And we don't really do a whole lot of direct cash payments to people. When we did the bailouts and we do all of these other things, they give money to people who don't then put that out into the actual economy, the consumer economy for everyone to use. Remember cash for clunkers? Which is one reason that... The rich get richer, by the way. You keep hearing this argument all the time because normally the Fed gives money to people who are in the top, the people in the banks, the people in the corporations. That's where they end up giving the money. They do all these different corporate bond bailouts, things like that. And so those people end up getting richer, but we don't actually see the inflation from it. But now when you give all the money to the people who are down at the bottom, the consumers down in the bottom, they end up going out and spending that money. And that ends up creating a really a really quick rise in prices. Just like we said that UBI would rise, raise prices on everything, that a higher minimum wage would raise prices on everything. We're literally seeing that now. It's, it's actually happening. Mm-hmm. It's not just, we're not just making this up. This is, something that's, this is something that's actually happening. Okay, so there's something more than a little bit unsavory about all this. Biden championed giving four-figure checks to families with stable jobs and six-figure incomes as part of an economic rescue plan that is now stalling the economy in ways that could have negative long-term consequences for lower-wage workers. But that's not stopping Democrats from pushing ahead with more of the same. Reacting to last week's job re- jobs report miss, Pelosi said, This disappointing jobs report highlights the urgent need to pass President Biden's American Jobs and Families Plan. <laughs> so The bad jobs report has now proof positive to Nancy Pelosi that we need to pass the next bill without realizing that the reason why the jobs report is <laughs> dismal is because people just aren't going to work. Not that there aren't any jobs available. And, and this is what always happens. You end up needing more, not needing, but you end up getting more government solutions to government creative problems. Mm-hmm. So they create a problem. There's a problem. Then they make it worse by all their policies, and then they say, oh, we need this new $2 trillion thing to fix this problem that exists right now. All the while, that that fix is going to exacerbate the underlying problem. (laughs) Uh, Based on what... Go round and round the merry-go-round. 
Okay, so where else is the money going, Charlie? I don't know if you're going to get any of this. But have no fear, folks, because uh, we're, it's not over yet. Oh, no. Coming from uh, finance, Yahoo, Yahoo Finance. Your new monthly STEMI checks for families are going to start in July, IRS now says. So freedom. Freedom. As part of President Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, the new, the new law that has been giving Americans, most Americans, $1,400 stimulus checks, working families can expect to receive up to $3,600 per child for 2021. Half of that will come in the form of cash as monthly payments due to start the summer. There'll be another kind of stimulus check to help millions of parents deal with basic bills or pay down debt. The money is a result of a temporary expansion of the child tax credit. Temporary. Our, yeah. I, which will be permanent. Oh, they've already, Biden's already said it needs to be extended to 2025. Yeah. The IRS commissioner, Charles Reddig, how does that guy sleep at night? <laughs> had warned a few weeks ago that the new checks could be delayed because the tax agency was overwhelmed. <laughs> but this week he offered Congress better news. Every household with children that qualified for the latest $1,400 STEMI check is set to receive the child credit cash. Oh, so you're not including all the either. people who frauded us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the fake kids out there all that the, don't actually exist. Yeah, we'll send those out too. <laughs> if yours is a family headed by a couple earning less than 150 thousand, or an individual making 75 thousand, you're slated to get a 250 dollar monthly payment for each of your kids ages six to 17. That's interesting. Hmm. From July through December. For children under six, you'll receive 300 mm. big ones. Mm. In total, depending on how old your kids are, you'll receive a credit of either 3000 or 3600 for this year. The monthly payments will account for the first half, while the other half will be, uh, the other half will be refundable next year when you file your taxes for 2021. This temporary change to the credit... By temporary. The way, by the way, that's another thing they do. They get everybody excited about their refund, so you want to fill out your taxes so you can get your <laughs> refund. Yeah. So they overcharge you on purpose to get you excited about a refund, which is money they stole from you all year long that you didn't have in your own pocket. So everyone's excited, so they get their taxes done faster. Yeah. So that's that's the incentive to get your taxes done. This temporary change. It's like bail bonds. <laughs> this, this, yeah. Exactly. This temporary slash will be permanent change to the credit provides families with up to $1,600 more per child that can be used however you like for family expenses, debt, savings, crack cocaine, or even <laughs> investing. <laughs> Heroin, marijuana. You know what? If you got kids, that's fine. Yeah, I understand. One popular <laughs> investing account you could open for your kids would allow them to grow their savings merely by adding spare change. Like... Like, oh. like what Amanda just said, this discriminates against people who can't have children. It know? does. I, if I would have known how much of a, of a win it would have been to have a kid, maybe I would have done that. I don't know if I'd have known this was coming. Still, Not, still doesn't matter if you make over 150 together. <laughs> That's true. That's yeah. true. Ma'am. Okay. So by the way, they're saying that this is going to be temporary, Charlie. What do you think the odds of this being temporary are? What, what would you give that? Zero. Zero. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get people on the heroin that you just mentioned, mm. you can't take it away. Yeah. So they're going to get people fixed on this. They'll extend it for another year because, you know, ec economics. And then you can't take it away after that because then the next person running for office becomes the person that takes that away. And then the next person who becomes president, are you going to take that away? Well, this is money that people who have families and kids are receiving. Are they going to remove this tax credit from people? 
I'm telling you this right now. I don't know what the date is. This will not go away. This child tax credit will exist. This is May 17th, 2021 at 1554 hours Central Standard Time. There's only a few things I've made those declarations are on. And it was that uh, about five weeks ago, I said Bitcoin was going to go down to 42,000. Okay. Hit 42,000 today. Number two, this child tax credit is not going to be temporary. Number three, I said that they will not cancel student loans. They will defer them. They will continue deferring them because whoever wins, whoever gets in the office becomes the person who is either going to defer them or not defer them. You have to, you have to keep these student loans as something to hold over people's heads. They cannot get, they can't solve, they can't solve a problem because then they can't use it to get people's votes afterwards. They have to keep the student loans and they'll keep pushing them back and keep pushing them back. And part of the election will be, well, are you going to let the thing lapse? Are you going to start making people pay their student loans? They have to use it over the election. So there's three, there's three things right there. I'm telling you. Speaking of that, that reminds me of a TikTok I saw. I sent you the video, which is pretty good because this guy came on and was talking about this new shit coin. And um, there's, there's 27 trillion of them in circulation. There's no cap on any of them not in the good way yeah they can they can yeah. keep minting as many coins as they want they can keep minting as many coins as they want uh it runs at about 24 percent inflation and it's called the u.s dollar <laughs> the, wor- <laughs> the worst coin out there the worst coin out there so when people <laughs> talk shit on cryptocurrencies there's your answer right back at them that was a great video it was a good video i was like what coins are gonna say what's it gonna be i was too the whole time yeah or something like that what's it gonna be and those us dollar yeah oh my god that's true (laughs) it's so true okay um let's see we have time for a couple based is totally based magoo you're right totes based for sure well let's throw in something that was going to be in a dumb bleep but it's we're going to have so many more dumb bleeps can we listen to how rachel maddow responded to you being allowed to go in public without a mask. Yeah. I mean, she is just, this is life changing for her because she is, she is so used to this. She has adjusted her entire life to this whole idea that she's not going to have to see people's faces. All right. So I wanted to show you this ridiculous video from her real quick, because this is what you're up against right here, folks. This is what we're all up against. Oh no. Hold on everyone. Let me play this through the right audio channel though. That's what I have to do. I'm sure a lot of you guys have already seen this or heard it, but I think it's important for us to uh, to throw in a dumb leap here real quick. All right. At a personal level, I'm sorry for t- speaking of all that in such personal terms with, the, with Dr. Walensky, but when I was talking to people today about this new guidance and what to ask her, everybody had very personal feelings about it, and I realized I did too in all these questions. Part of it is that I feel like I'm going to have to rewire myself so that when I see somebody out in the world who's not wearing a mask, I don't instantly think you are a threat <laughs> or you are selfish or you are a COVID denier and you definitely haven't been vaccinated. I mean, we're going to have to rewire the way that we look at each other because the CDC's guidance, which she just told me, we are sure, is that if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask except in very specific circumstances. And so that means as we change that as a country, we are going to look at each other differently and have to unwire our preconceptions about what a mask or a lack of a mask means. President Biden spoke to that a little bit today, asking for people to, President Biden actually and Dr. Fauci both spoke to that today, asking for people to essentially be patient, be compassionate, give people respect for whatever they decide on this front, because with these with this changing guidance, we're going to now have changing norms and we got to give each other space to have feelings about that um, as we go through what's going to be a big change that's going to create a lot of visceral 
um, a lot of visceral reaction in a lot of us just in our day-to-day lives. Okay. Ugh. Ugh. Now, I don't know if she remembers, but like a year ago or a year and a few months ago, like no one was wearing masks. In fact, it was all. illegal to wear masks in many gas stations and stuff. <laughs> that was frowned upon. It was very frowned upon. Yeah, they didn't want you to mask up going because then they thought they were being robbed, <laughs> especially banks. You imagine how much harder it is to catch criminals now. You, you can't know? remember in banks, like you can't wear hoodies mm-hmm. or you couldn't wear a mask, mm-hmm. couldn't wear anything. And now it's mandated. Isn't that the old flip floppy? I'm just trying to figure out how hard it is to rewire your brain to I mean, how old is she? Let's say she's, I'll be nice. Let's say she's 45. <laughs> Let's say, yeah. I don't know. Let's say she's 45. How hard is it to rewire your brain to something that was the norm for 44 years out of your 45 years that you've been alive? She's 48. She's 48. Close. I told you I was there being nice. I was being generous. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> So it it is, uh, and she also said that she'll have to rewire herself to not think that people are a threat or that they're COVID deniers when they don't have a mask on. And then she brings up the fact that Joe Biden said we need to have compassion for people. And so she's like, well, I'm going to have to work on having compassion for people. Jesus Christ. It's crazy. Craziness. I was just looking her up just to see how old she was. But of course, her net worth and stuff came up. Uh, her net worth is estimated to be twenty million. Woo! She makes her salary at MSNBC is seven million dollars a year. Mm. And I bet she. I mean, let's just say the obvious here. How long do you think she spends talking about the rich yeah. and the poor oh. and the wealth inequality? Jesus how long do you think she? Christ. Yeah. How do you? What Amanda just said. How do you think she feels about capitalism? Do you think she's very nice about she capitalism? It. She obviously hates. She it. hates it. Yeah. But she's totally fine. She probably still makes less than her male counterparts. <laughs> <laughs> I've never understood how you could make seven million dollars a year and have a net worth that was only twenty million dollars. Yeah, I've never really understood that. I don't know how people do that to get that. You know, that's like it. that's three years worth of income. What are you spending that money on? Right. And why is it depreciating so fast? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. What are you buying with all that stuff? Right. Whoo. All right, y'all, this is uh, this is what you're going to be up against when you go out in public without your mask mm. on. It's mm. people who really want to punch you in the face, but they can't. That's right. You know, I went to Publix this weekend, didn't put it's on a mask. Visceral. visceral. You're going to have a lot of visceral reactions about people not wearing masks out there. We're going to have to rewire our brains back to how they were 15 months ago, how I lived mm. 47 years of my life, how I saw people without masks on for 47 years, and now I'm going to have to try really hard to rewire my brain. Mm-hmm. To think that that's okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, there's a little bit of a Magoo said Stockholm Syndrome. I think, uh, I think have a lot so of people... I'm going to have so much vitriol, too, man. A lot of vitriol. That's what's going to happen. Charlie, we're at 46 minutes. Close I'm going to need some Pepto-Bismol for my vitriol. <laughs> some Pepto-Vitrol? Some Pepto-Vitrol. All right, there's your dad <laughs> joke of the day right there. That's right. Charlie, close us out. I know y'all love today's show, as you do almost every single show that we do of the week when we want to, because uh, you subscribe, and that's what you should do if you haven't already. Subscribe to the show and then share it. That's what we need from you. We ask kindly that you do share it. I see the rating and reviews going up, mm-hmm. so I'm asking y'all to do that, and you're doing it, and I oh, appreciate it. I was going to say, you know that person left us that rating that I didn't care about, but they said that you know it's okay to be ignorant about some things? Yeah. We totally have done that when it comes to the Israel-Palestine conflict, by the way. We haven't mentioned it once on this podcast. It's actually true, by the way, to be ignorant. Yeah, it's it's okay. I, I think we have admitted by not talking about it that 
Um, I don't know who's right in this conflict whatsoever. I don't know when the land was given or taken or anything like that. Plus, we should interview Scott Horton. Yeah, we should ask him about it and see see what he has to say about it. But that is something where, by the way, we do do this when we encounter something that we don't know anything about what we're talking about, like what's going on between Israel and Palestine. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I really don't. I don't know whose land it is. I don't know if it was taken, if it wasn't taken, if it's Israel's, if it's Palestine's. I have no clue. I don't know what any of those countries over there really are doing, okay? What they need is a song to bring them together. They, <laughs> this land is your land. This land is my land. From That's what they do. Yeah, that's what they need, for sure. From the Gaza Strip to but, um, Tel Aviv. If you guys in the Patreon group have anything that could tell us, give us some information on this. Let us know. Post something that uh, you found that has the best information. Because everything I look up on it, it's heavily slanted on one side or the other. And I know a lot of stuff is, but at least I know about economics and taxation and all of that. So I can tell when something is heavily slanted in one direction or another. When it comes to something where I have no clue really who's right or wrong, I can't trust any of the sources i've read on this it's really an aleppo moment for you it is this is this is my aleppo moment <laughs> yeah well and it's tough too because this is like what a two thousand year old war yeah i mean it's been going on for a long time folks longer than well longer than most people have been alive not biden he's there from the beginning let's ask biden he probably knows looks like we need to listen to scott horton because he's released five episodes this week on it uh so i need to Listen Rush to what's up. going on there. If you go listen to, uh, I tried to listen to a Ben Shapiro episode about it because I know he was going to be heavily pro-Israel and I felt like I was obviously getting one side of the issue. So I couldn't do that either. Well, we could listen to Shapiro and then Scott Horton. Yeah. Mix them together. Put them together and see what you come out with. Yep. All right, guys, as I was mentioning, share the show with your friends, your family, your uncle, your cousins, your brother, your mother, Sarah, Sally, Billy, Bob, and Thornton. And, uh, <laughs> And Ricky Bobby. Share it with him. All the Bobs. Cal Naughton. Cal Naughton Jr. Shake and bake. Share it with them. Share it with the children. Share it with the children. They need to hear these words more than they need Sunday school. Okay? (laughs) (laughs) So, maybe not more, but... As much. As much. Yeah. The same. This is as important as religion. (laughs) It's as important as for people to be free to worship Jesus. Come on now. Can I get an amen? So... Y'all share the show, leave us that rating review, and hit that subscribe button. If you do all of those things, we'll be back again tomorrow. Hope you have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Liberty.